Hello, I'm Norma Columbus. Welcome to the Norma Columbus Lifestyle Podcast, a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. The 1930s, Black Blizzards and Bankruptcy, Part 2. A way of life lost. As is often the case, times of great distress result in increased poverty, homelessness, crime, and unrest. A crisis of this magnitude hits the most vulnerable, children, the elderly, the sick, and minorities. Those were hit the hardest. Thousands died, and others were left orphaned or homeless. The way of life they knew was gone, and it would be a long road back. Families trying to stay together moved on with their meager belongings loaded into a wagon or vehicle, which was often abandoned on the side of the road when they ran out of gas. Women clutched treasured family heirlooms that they didn't want to leave behind, despite the lack of space. These items included dishes, pictures, music boxes, handmade quilts, and wedding dresses. Some had brought these mementos across the ocean with them when they immigrated. Those belongings were the only material connection they had to their homeland. Unemployment. As businesses and agriculture collapsed, unemployment became rampant. Millions of jobless men became hobos, homeless boys or men who stowed away on trains or hitchhiked. Riding the rails wasn't as carefree as it sounded, though. There could be 50 to 60 people crowded in one rail car. Although most of those individuals were decent and hardworking people, there were criminals amongst them. Exhausted people slept with their worn shoes clutched to their chests to prevent them from being stolen. They had to sleep with one eye open, so their bindle stiff. A bindle was a bundle of clothing tied to a stick. The word stiff meant to steal. It was still there come daylight. The best time to jump on a moving train undetected was when it was being inspected and was pulling away from the train. And it was wise to jump off when the train slowed before reaching its destination. When you think about it, there must have been a lot of activity along the tracks with all those people jumping on and off rail cars. Although some entire families went to the cities or to work as migrant workers, other families remained on the farm while the husband went in search of work. It was often impossible for wives and small children to go along as the men needed to travel long distances. They had to go far enough to find an area that wasn't suffering the same fate as they were. If they showed up at the next town over, they weren't exactly welcomed with open arms as people there felt they were trying to steal their jobs. In some families, with the father away searching for work and the mother also working, kids were boarded out at relatives and at times strangers' homes and farms and worked there to earn their keep. Little children knew nothing but drought. Many had never seen rain. It wasn't uncommon for rural people in less affected locations to go to their gardens and discover missing produce, eggs that disappeared from the chicken coops, and meat from curing barrels, which inexplicably vanished into the night. Clothing went missing off the line. With so many impoverished people on the move, nothing was safe. 
Crime steadily increased, and folklore about criminals such as Bonnie and Clyde appeared in newspapers in the U.S. Many idolized these bandits for going against the establishment they felt was not doing enough to help people. Poverty. Clothing was hand-sewn from whatever materials were available. If there wasn't enough of one fabric, various patterns and colors were sewed together. The result was a coat of many colors. Burlap food sacks were also recycled to make clothing. Women repeatedly darned and mended to make items last. Companies added a bit of color to the burlap to make people feel more fashionable. Young boys who outgrew their belts used twine to hold up their pants. New shoes were a luxury, and every step was squeezed out of a pair of shoes. If the soles wore thin, an insole made of cardboard wrapped in cotton fabric was added to extend the life of the shoes. Being teased for the lack of adequate clothing and shoes by kids that were better off was a fate endured by many. Entertainment. Kids made whistles out of pieces of green willow and slingshots and chased gophers. They played games that cost nothing, like hide-and-seek, red light, I spy, and Simon Says, to amuse themselves. A battery-operated radio and a newspaper were the only sources of information about what was happening in the world. Health. Stories about happiness, courage, and perseverance are easy to absorb, but tales of despair are harder to swallow. The realization that they had been financially wiped out was more than some could endure. Suicide became a serious issue long before mental health was openly discussed. Men jumped out of their office windows, plummeting to their deaths on the streets below in front of terrified citizens. Healthcare at that time was user pay, so you can imagine seeing a dentist or doctor was a rare occurrence. People tried to help each other out if someone was injured or ill. If a toothache became unbearable, they toughed it out to let the tooth decay and loosen and then it was pulled out at home with a shot of whiskey and a pair of pliers. Every kid has heard tales of a string being tied to a loose or painful tooth and then to the doorknob. Extrication of the tooth occurred when the door was slammed shut, yanking it out. Problem solved. There were home remedies for many ailments, a brew for this or a poultice for that. A lot of the home remedies we use today came from those times. Children and adults who suffered from breathing problems found their conditions exasperated by the hot, dusty conditions. People wore face coverings to try and protect themselves from developing dust pneumonia. Malnutrition, rickets, scurvy, you name it, people were suffering from it. Humanity rebounds. The economy had started to rebound by 1938, and the outbreak of World War I in 1939 effectively ended the Great Depression. Factories were brought back into operation to meet armament needs and the mobilization of manpower into the service cut unemployment. Men who felt hopeless for years were filled with pride as they went off to fight for their country. Women entered the workforce in record numbers as there was, ironically, a shortage of workers with so many men enlisted. People are resilient and many had lived through hardships before. Their motto was, use it up, wear it out, make do, or do without. When wetter years finally arrived, farmers returned to the land. 
Events such as these leave an impact that spans generations. My parents' formative years were spent during the 1920s and 30s, and hearing about these events shaped their worldview. They were leery about the uncertainty of change and feared that someone in the family would lose their job, and they told us that if we had a job, we shouldn't ever quit one because there might not be another one. They avoided debt and paid as they went. Their generation feared those hard times would return. That is why they didn't waste or throw things away, and they saved their money to leave to help their children. Takeaways, changes, and safeguards. Times of strife are difficult, but they also are opportunities to learn and can be followed by positive changes. The 1930s forced governments to look at the issue of poverty. In the years during and after this decade, safeguards and improvements were implemented to protect the public, such as insurance regulations for consumer bank deposits, family allowance payments, the Canadian Wheat Board set a minimum payment for wheat prices, social aid programs, farm rehab programs, including community pastures, dugouts, and tree planting projects, and a national unemployment insurance program. Those years remain a part of prairie culture. What does humanity fear a century after the start of the Great Depression and the Dirty Thirties? We worry about financial insecurity, natural disasters, war, and disease. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Thank you for listening. Visit my lifestyle blog for episode pictures and links to my garden and published works pages, food blog, and gift shop. My website address is in the episode notes.